everyone, this is Catching Up with the Nerds with your hosts, Tom and JC, and special guest, Tim. This is a podcast about two dads that are catching up on all the nerdy stuff we miss, sharing how we pass on our nerdy passion for our kids, and deep diving into nerd pop culture to make it more accessible for you. Your Welcome back, everyone. Hello. Ah, that was a great intro, <laughs> as usual. <laughs> oh, geez. It's Sunday again, JC. It's Sunday, and what do we do on a Sunday? We do podcasts, buddy. With podcasts. Um, <clears throat> anyway, we are not alone. Uh, if you're on YouTube right now, you can see there's a third person. There's somebody below us. Uh, on the screen <laughs> he's there um everyone say welcome to tim tim hello hey folks yeah hey how's it going all right all right so tim is uh jc's friend local friend you know local um, are you guys neighbors actually oh not really uh, so we're about closer now yeah actually right Ish. yeah so like it's... we're like a less than 10 minute walk from each other yeah, yeah, all right. no, so yeah. technically neighbors yeah, for the for the UK audience, people do walk in the United States occasionally. It's true, it's uh, true. Uh, and and bike ride has, and everything, yeah. Has been known to happen. Go ahead and send us a myth. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> um, Tim is here to talk, <laughs> talk Tenet, the movie, Christopher Nolan movie, Tenet. Very but before we do that, please go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us more about yourself. What do you do? Who yeah, are you? I'm Tim. Uh, I, I am a software engineer for Google. Uh, and I, I, I'm a friend of JC's. Yeah. We've known each other, gosh, like five, six, seven years at this point. It's, we, it's been a while. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I have a 12 year old daughter. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I guess sort of my, my like nerd credibility is sort of, I, I grew up watching sci-fi on TV with my, with my dad and my brother, you know, Saturdays were Star Trek, the next generation, uh, oh. and then Dr. Who. So, you know, so that was like, my dad's actually from the UK. And so, you know, he, he, right. he plugged us into like sci-fi culture that way. So we did Dr. Who, we did Blake seven, um, and then Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, of course. Uh, and as an adult, I write, you know, I read, uh, Ian M. Banks as well, who's a Scottish author of of really great uh sci-fi that i really love um so you know i'm i'm not like a super fan i have never been to a convention and i don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of star trek the next generation but i have watched it several times from end to end and so i'm I'm like yeah you know there's that episode with geordie where he's in the thing so anyway yeah and i'm really excited to watch tenant uh or to talk tenant with you guys as i was telling you guys before we started recording uh yeah i've uh I've watched this film probably six or seven times at this point, and I've, you know, none of my friends have have been able to see it yet, and so I still I still haven't talked about it. So I'm really excited to be here. We're here today, tonight, this morning. I don't know when you guys are listening to this or watching to this, but um, we are about to talk about Tenet, and uh, I'm quite excited about this one. I think Tim is excited. JC is super excited. He's watched the movie what twice in 48 hours. And uh, he's bursting with ideas and things he loved and things he didn't love. Um, so the way we're going to do this is uh, we're going to split this episode in two because as Tenet is quite a, um, a very interesting topic, subject, um, um, you know, there's a lot to uncover. There's a lot to unpack from that film. So we decided to go and uh, do this in two parts. So the first part will be just talking about the film, um, what we liked, what we didn't like. 
um, things we thought went well, um, things we thought were a bit yeah. So we'll do that now. And then if you want to do a little bit of, uh, you know, dive into the theories and the questions and, well, listen to our questions and maybe um, our answers, most importantly, about you know, all those questions, you can jump straight into uh, part two, but we don't want you to do that. Please stay with us and you'll, you'll be able to, uh, <laughs> to listen and, and enjoy our take or takes, you know, whatever, uh, on this awesome Christopher Nolan movie, part of the Nolan universe, extended universe, NEU, mm. something like that, is that? Mm. NCU, the Nolan cinematic universe. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's let's start with that. Um, what 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 is Tenet? What what what's the movie about? I think we're gonna go with JC's um, infamous three <laughs> sentences description. Let's get let's get it out of the way first. Uh, yeah, so this is a tricky one because a lot happens in this movie. Yeah. But if I had to bubble down to like the three things this movie's about is get ready for it. Drum roll, please. Denzel's kid wakes up and decides to save the world. Rich people suck, yeah. and this is a Bond movie. Done. Boom! My drop. Drop cool. the mic. Join drop us in part two Done. for theories. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's it. That's and I'll be back. <laughs> and there we go. Um, I think I think it's, it sums it up quite well. It's it's a way of uh, um, analyzing the movie, I guess. Um, but for those who haven't seen it, and I hope you have seen it, um, so. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with whatever was in Wikipedia because they 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 have a a great way of describing things and I was like you know what I'm not gonna trying to break my brain one more time trying to describe what Tenet is about so I'm gonna just read off <laughs> Wikipedia so Tenet is a film uh, which obviously follows a secret agent the protagonist do we actually know his name do we do we ever get to no, no we don't know his name right so the protagonist by design by design yes uh, who learns to manipulate the flow of time to prevent an attack from the future that threatens to annihilate and destroy the present world. I will jump in right now and say, like, for everyone out there that has not watched this movie, you need to turn off this podcast, go watch the movie twice in 48 hours, and then yeah. come back and, and listen to this podcast, because yeah. we are going to spoil a lot right now. So this is, this is not spoiler-free whatsoever. No, yeah. there'll be no way to talk about this film with a spoiler-free way. <laughs> you said that I've, I've tried. I've, I've watched a video of some um, some guy doing a film critique, trying to do a spoilers like spoiler-free section followed by a spoiler. Like the spoiler-free section lasted about three minutes, and he was like, "I cannot yeah. proceed <laughs> with my next point without telling you what the hell is going on." Okay, then let's kick it off with the first part, which is the things we love, the things we've enjoyed. So why don't we have team to kick us off you know what did you like right. what was the thing thank yeah yeah thank you uh uh i think I, I have to start with the music i mean I, I know i know it's a film primarily but uh the the music is obviously very present in the film uh and and it's it's a, it's a really stunning achievement the soundtrack is amazing as is as well like uh if you just listen to it you know by itself um which I do actually not not infrequently, uh, especially after having watched it recently. You know, he did a bunch of interesting things. He's he's got space in the in the score. He's got um, reversed instruments in the score. There's quite a lot of that going on. Um, it, it's used as a storytelling device in the very final battle scene as well, uh, which is like really important because you're trying to keep track of 
essentially yeah. which direction of time you're following through through it and without that sort of like that i think it's a guitar but i'm not totally sure like there's this sort of swelling um kind of uh pleasant pleasant tone uh that happens whenever the reverse sequence starts to sort of orient you and i think it's it's really important and it just and as as thomas is a uh as tom's uh four-year-old said it's it's it slaps right it's just it's so great <laughs> and it, and you also have the the nolan bombs right you need the nolan like a lot of brass and he actually supplements it with some bass guitar too when the 747 is really starting to smash stuff uh and yeah it's, it's outstanding uh, the other thing I really love uh, uh, is just, you know, it's actually shot on location, right? He's got yeah. these um, stunning visuals all over the world. And that's why it's a $200 million film, right? It's just schlepping all that stuff various places and having long shoots where you just got to move uh, is very expensive. But uh, it shows on screen. Uh, I actually rewatched uh, Dr. No as well as, as a prep for this because, you know, there's some similarities between the Bond franchise and this. Um, and it's... I think Tenet also, because there's so little digital effects, it will stand the test of time um, where all those visuals will just translate and they're just gonna be gorgeous in 50 years as they were as they were today. And you get the same mm -hmm. kinds of things in the Bond franchise where you know maybe like uh, a Black Panther has these stunning visuals, uh, sort of, you know, sometimes it's like, well, it feels a little bit um, less real because it's, you know, it's not even a matte painting, but it's a, you know, it's a, it's yeah. just a digitally created environment. And so you just lose something by doing that. Uh, so like, I really valued that in the, in the movie. I just, I, I just want to go back to um, your first point, which was the music. And um, that's something that is always hugely important in any Nolan films. Um, and this one was um, I kind of put it on the same level with my favorite film, which is Interstellar. Um, you know, and that, so there's two two things that sort of again um, that I draw parallels on. It's like the, the, there's that scene if you guys have have seen Interstellar. There's that scene when they go onto the uh, the planet that is completely uh, submerged with water, and then um, yeah. every every was it every minute is seven years on back on planet Earth, something like that. And yeah. the music, the the counting every single bit is a day, I think, back on no a week mm. back on Earth. So if you listen to the music, yeah. it's slightly off. The beats are slightly off, but it's because like, okay, that's a week. That's another week. And it's wow. the same thing here with, with, with Tenet. There's that, that, that final battle scene. I was like, oh, the first time, the first time when I watched it, I was like, oh, the music's a bit weird. And then I realized that, oh, actually, red team, blue team, you know. Absolutely. Uh, can't remember, is it blue team that goes forward or red team that goes forward? I can't remember that. Uh, blue team goes backwards. Yeah, red team goes forward. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah, so red team would have the music going forward and then blue team would have the music, mm -hmm. same music, transitioning into the same song going backwards which yeah. uh, if you don't pay attention at first if you're not in the cinema if you're watching like us on a phone or on a laptop you're like oh no nothing happened but then if you, if you really play pay close attention on on, on the tv and then you're like oh damn he's done it again he's, he's made the music yeah. really really um important and interesting and being part of that scene sometimes it can be an afterthought and that in that case being a nolan film attention to details matter and he goes bang here you go Mm -hmm. you know well that, inception that has yep. the same sort of cues right where same, you have yep. the same song it's just slowed down because of the time dilation as you yep. go deeper into the dream um yeah you have the same the same mechanism there so i think it's a cool motif that he's brought brought forward into each one of his projects slaps and the thing is uh, in in terms of visuals the thing like there's like the big cinematography but actually mm -hmm. i really appreciated that this film one is the fact that it's shot on film just coming back to that tim it, it to me it's just 
gigantic. Like just the, the not having that hyper real feel to it. Like, and the fact that there were like, like it felt like every scene had a distinct color palette to it, right? Especially mm -hmm. the whole play between red and blue, which mm -hmm. you get a lot of that like cement gray in a bunch of like action movies that it's just like mm -hmm. super dull with like pop of color here and there. Just the use of color I thought was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And and if I'm honest, I really like that you can usually tell when actors have been airbrushed, right? It's like mm -hmm. Tom and I worked when, when, when we worked together. We sit, literally there was an entire team sat next to us. That's all they did. They're eight day yep. airbrush models all day long on videos. Yeah. And here, like you can see the imperfections in characters. Like Elizabeth Debicki at times, like you can see she's having like a little acne breakout yeah. like, at certain points in the movie. And, and it's like, and as I, I did not catch up with that. Shout out to uh, Blank Check Pod. They they pointed yeah. that out. Um, and and I just thought it was like, yeah, you're right. Actually, I like that that, that has like that very tactile feel to it. Like nothing feels overly polished, even mm. though the the good. This is my second point. Is like I love the outfits. Oh my god, man! Oh, like, yeah. They dress everyone so well, and they have that thing that's like all the suits are totally weather appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was a, such a nice touch. All the suits yeah. are super weather appropriate. And it's just nice. Them, the way they dressed to Becky, let her be tall, let her look oh, elegant. Yeah. Like that was super cool. Like not overly sexualizing her. Like mm -hmm. all that was like really tastefully done, I thought. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I sort of feel like I haven't actually seen the film yet because right I've watched it on my laptop at home uh, and you know, I haven't, like I'm a, I'm a father. And so I, do, I don't have time to watch it on the TV. It's the two and a half hour movie sometimes. Uh, and it's, it's shot in IMAX, right? And so if you don't, right, it's 70 millimeter. It's a huge film stock. So they're going to do things with that that you just can't, you're not going to be able to realize even on, a, even on a big screen TV. So I'm very excited to see if they'll have kind of like a, a re-release after this 18 month pause that we've all been in for a while uh, and, and, and actually catch it on a big screen at the very least. Uh, and actually, there, there's some movie theaters in LA that I heard about that um, they take the IMAX experience, but then they actually further expand it. So it's wow. almost like surround. Um, so they recart. It's usually when there's like a big cinematographer, like like a big scene moment. Mm. They don't do the whole movie that way. Just for certain scenes, they expand it so you feel like immersed in the in the setting. I'm like, this movie would be perfect for that. I thought it'd be yeah, such totally. a good thing. Uh, any any movie film uh, shot on IMAX could really done that you know like again nolan's batman um you know the the second one is was meant to be shown that way also on, on the big imax with yeah. i think there was a, i think there was one in london one cinema in london that actually did that like a whole 360 experience literally 360 around there so i don't know how you work the sits you know like if you've got like a pivoting sit sitting arrangement i have no idea how that worked but um it, yeah yeah I, I can see tenet being one of those especially like imagine that big um, airport scene with a plane going smashing into a building. Oh, yeah. Seeing that the, the wings around you, and you're like, <laughs> that that could have been yeah. um, that could have been quite something. Uh, I'm gonna add one. I think it was the cast. So great casting. Um, we talked. You yeah. know, you talked about Denzel's kid. What's his full name? Actually, it's John. Well, I, I can never remember. John David uh, Washington. John yeah. David yeah. Washington. Yeah. So for some reason, JD Washington. Let's put it now. Um, which <laughs> he he's. I like I like the way he's his take on the character is awesome i like the way he's dark and moody you know like he's got that vibe when he's never smiling he's like eh, i'm here to not necessarily punch my way out of anything which that said my favorite scene in the entire film is the way he punches himself out you know punches his way out of a restaurant after that scene I was like i was not expecting that i went 
awesome yeah you know yeah absolutely um, um wait, wait, let's then, talk about that scene well, sorry right, we, we gotta come back to that scene dude so yeah. that to me was john wick all the way yes. and my first thought was like yes please give john wick a cheese grater like that's all I want in life now. <laughs> Just give John Wick a cheesecake. You don't. Want, you don't want to give John Wick a cheesecake. <laughs> no. <laughs> and and it, it goes back to like the audio effects of this thing. It's like you yes. don't really see him grate the guy's face, but just the sound of it was yeah. perfect. It wasn't over the top. It wasn't too subtle, but it was enough to make you cringe. Mm-hmm. And and I see a lot of cringy movies, and that just made me take a pause because like oh. Oh, yep. dude, that had to hurt. That had to hurt so much. Uh, incredibly well choreographed fight. Like, very nicely done. Yeah. 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 Um, well, then talking about it, the, the yeah. fight choreography, I mean, you know, the, the entire sequence where he's fighting himself, you know, and he does it twice in the film, yeah. once from each perspective. Um, and, of course, the first time through, you don't know that it's him. But, you know, I, I, I've read that they had to learn how to do certain things backwards as backwards. much as possible. So you'd have one person who's reacting to things in a backwards way. And then as you're filming that, then it makes sense. And so for as much as they could, they, they, they were able to do that. Um, I think you had to and, learn to walk and, and run backwards. I think. In, mm-hmm. um, Absolutely. Um, yeah. The when entire sequence of... when he leaves yeah, yeah. the inversion room and yeah. gets into the car and then drives the car away, that's all shot in reverse, right? It's like, yeah. because you can see the clouds and the birds yeah. move. So <laughs> That's all in reverse. He had to learn how to drive in reverse and all that stuff. Um, but you learn, you do learn that a little bit. But that in, in terms like driving an entire road in reverse, that's that's a different business. But it's interesting. It's interesting that the, what they had to do. And there was another thing that he does now that is it's also in reverse. There's, there's a bunch of mind blowing scenes where you're just like, <laughs> that looks weird. Um, enough of jd i want to talk i want, I want to talk um the, the, the one person we've not talked about which is robert patterson i think we've not we've not mentioned him before we started recording um hey pat batman so um <laughs> your new batman <laughs> yeah um, sparkle vampire <laughs> yeah spark, sparkling ex sparkling vampire it was, uh, but again it's funny you say that because he's moved away from that so very much he's there's no like this mm-hmm. it's it's funny you sometimes you don't really see the the evolution of, a, of of an actor but with him it's like he's he's massively evolved to become this great like he's he's picked first you know the first good thing for him is like his agents must be an awesome agent because he's picked amazing roles for him now in the last few few couple of years um, but that one i think is just that you know he's neil you don't know who he is you don't know much about who Neil is and what he does, and so sort of this save, saving guy, savior in the entire story. Um, but then I, I thought the way he's acting him and the way he's 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 just cool. I thought he was really cool. I was like, I, I want to be Neil. I, I mean, not saying I don't I want to get shot, you know, at the end of the film, but he's he's got a cool character. He's the guy who's somehow leading um, the protagonist you know he's he could be the leader of the story but even though he's not but he's he's got this quality he's got this presence on screen after those that was that was something i was i was very um pleased with his performance so that's one thing anything else you yeah, like yeah he, he has he has the stuff that that you can't act your way into like he just sit in a, in a scene and look good not in the he looks handsome sort of way because he does but in the he draws your eye to what he's doing very easily without doing much and, and that's something that i always appreciate about him because because his acting isn't over the top it's very subtle actually 
um, mm-hmm. because he's hiding so much the whole movie. He, he, he purposely is like hiding something. And, and just the, the, the way he changes that and was again going into spoiler land, but like at, in the last, that last scene, well, almost last scene um, of the movie, when he talks to, to the protagonist about the fact that they've known each other, like just the turn in his acting is subtle enough, but it turns into like, and you're my buddy. Or like, yeah. or, or possibly mm-hmm. it's like, or it's like, or like, or like, I love you, right? It's like they could have had a relationship. Who knows? But it's like there's a connection that he switches on so delicately. I thought it was really well done. And he's he's also in in many ways. He's, I think he's assuming the role of um, Christopher Nolan, as in like he's he's explaining mm. the movie. So there's bits where he's trying to explain the movie, the movie to the audience and to, well to the protagonist, but also the audience when he's like you know, there's a couple couple lines where he goes does your head head hurts already and he's like and it's like yeah yeah whatever man <laughs> it's pretty, yeah. uh, it somehow it feels like he's, he's assuming nolan's role in this in this thing and it's just like you guys understand what's going on and everybody in the audience goes no yes <laughs> you know yeah you know and then it's like yeah okay got you let's go <laughs> let's move this and it's like yeah let's move this forward let's go next scene next scene you know um, yeah. <laughs> it's quite it's quite interesting that's and that's why i like, I like um, patterson's role in this um do you guys have anything else you want to you want to oh, give yeah I, I, uh, yeah sator i'm curious yeah. what you guys think about kenneth branagh sator as well yeah oh you go for it dude you oh okay uh I, I quite like it. Uh, you know, I, I he's a Bond villain, obviously, um, and so there's always that 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 megalomania that's irrational that they have to start with, and you kind of just have to say, well, I don't really understand it um, necessarily, but if if I take that as a given, all of his actions make sense, um, and the menace in his totally undersold performance where he's, his lips barely move and he's saying these horrible, horrible things yep. to John David Washington when uh, when they first meet in person at the dinner. Um, and it's so brief. And uh, I, I really liked it from a lot of those angles. And then he's got these tiny explosive moments, um, you know, where he lets the rage just all of a sudden come out. Um, uh, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed the performance, you know, uh, the one part that I was a little, I found a little bit tough was this, the speech at the end um, where they're talking over the walkie talkie. I, th- I think Bond movies do better when they have some kind of, not, not necessarily physical confrontation, but it would be better if those two characters were in the same room in some yeah. fashion. Yeah. And he's delivering that speech to another person as opposed to, I'm just talking to a walkie talkie. Um, the content of it is like, all right, fine, whatever, you know, he's got a, you know, it's a little bit more uh, explanatory, you know, he's just saying, look, here's why they're doing this, so that you can understand why they're doing it. The oceans rose, and the world's falling apart, and they blame us, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that that all makes sense, but why are you killing everybody? Oh, I'm just a jerk, and I don't even get to tell you that face-to-face, so it's like, I don't know if there's a different plot structure that you could have where you could have that conversation in person, or at the very least, maybe he could, you know, Elizabeth Debicki's character could say, look, I know about everything. I can't believe you're doing this. And they have the argument. And so you don't get it with John David Washington, who's like, that's fine, but you could maybe have it with those two characters. But of course they had this other thing that they're trying to resolve. So yeah, there's maybe there's else just in not the room for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah actually I'll, I'll jump back. Cause I've got some thoughts about that. Um, in terms of, so, so one, it's like, we, 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 I agree with you. We do not get the, 
um, what is it? Um, do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Yeah. Like, we, we, we don't necessarily get that in its truest sense. And, and, and yeah. also like, I'm going to overly explain my plot to you early on in the movie. He, he explains his plot kind of end of the movie. So it doesn't quite track. Uh, and that's not but the wait, there's, no, there's no beginning, point. there's no end in this film. So, you know, it's not, it's no, no, it's, dude, it's a non-linear film. It's, it's what Nolan does. Yeah. It's not linear. He's literally explaining that before the, before the events of the first scene in the film, right? In yeah. the timeline, so right? Technically Those he things happen at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Don't get in the container if you're still, don't get on the helicopter if you're still thinking linearly. Yeah. What am I messing with? Exactly. So, so, so uh, but no, the, the the thing about him that, that I find really interesting is that that's why I put in the lines like rich people suck. Um, and and it's because it's like when you look at like he amassed everything he ever wanted. He knew he was going to die. All that's left is legacy for him. Right. So for me, that actually is the motive. It's legacy because he actually doesn't care about the people in the future having like clean water and like the oceans like lowering us or something. He actually doesn't care about it. He cares about like I gave it to you. And that's mm. why the scene with the Becky is so important. Because at first, like, why would she rush it with the whole world at stake? Yeah. Why would she rush and kill him? I, the first time I watched it, I was like, that makes no sense. Like, it, it, she's very driven by her kid, but even she will admit that the world is more important than her kid, right? Um, but it was because it was his own hubris, right? He wanted to go out as a king. And she's like, no, you're going out as a chump, dude. And you're kind yeah. of like falling over in the most like awful way over the side of a boat that I- Well, and then seen. his head hits the deck too. I was like, did, is he actually okay? Did, some, did a stunt person have to do that? I know. So it's good. Like, like a wheelbarrow. He's like- yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And the fact she looked down, so she knew that was going to happen before she will. She put in the like the sunblock and everything. I'm like the sunblock. Yeah. You go, girl, man. That was so well thought out. Yeah. Uh, so so that's why I think it's his own hubris that drives him, right? Of just like I will leave a legacy because I have nothing else to want in this world. Yeah. Mm. Um, no, yeah and he just he 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 even just says about his son, right? He says, uh, "My greatest sin." is bringing a son into the world that I knew yeah. was doomed. But I'm still going to literally kill him right now. Like, because it's still, that, that is not his legacy. His yeah. legacy was, he did. even his son was not his, his legacy, right? Um, but uh, no, out of all, to your point about Kenneth Branagh's acting, because he, he can tend to overact like, with the best of them, right? Sometimes. Um, yeah. And um, one scene that to me was the most striking one with him was the, the belt scene. When he comes into Ooh. the room, takes off yeah. the cufflinks, and then takes just that extra step of putting the cufflink back on the belt that he's gonna mm. hit her. I'm like, oh. like it, at that point, it, it, it really disturbed me actually more than anything else that I saw in that movie. Like that part really, because just the thought of it that he even like put the cufflink back on, it just it shows how devious he was. And I think that was really good like character building there. It just comes very late in the movie, or as you might see it, very early in very the early. movie. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. But it definitely comes in the movie at some point, right? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> um, as a link. It's it, he's a very menacing um, character in the entire thing. But it's and it's a funny thing because as I started because I I didn't really like I stayed away I stayed clear from the trailer and everything so I wasn't really aware of who was in the film like I I went in completely I, I knew that Denzel's son was in there and it was the Nolan film that was it um, so when he uh, Branagh came came into the picture I was like that's the bad guy really that's what we're going with. Damn it. But then it's like he's completely he's playing this so well that you 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 cannot help but believe that he's actually 
completely he's got nothing to lose like he has everything yeah. he's about to go anyway it's like well i'm taking everything everybody done you know that that one sentence he's got which, which is if i can't have you then nobody else can nobody yeah. else will i think so, so, something along those lines it's like it's literally he's not just talking to his wife he's talking about you know to everyone it's like look, look i'm out you're out <laughs> you know you're, you're you're going down with me everything's gonna I'm going to set everything on fire or on ice or whatever. So uh, he's, he's a very good choice. And I think he's got a right. Like, is he a writer also in the film or a producer? I think he's, he's either helped with uh, really. writing the script. I think he's somehow involved with that. Um, so right. he, he's um, obviously being a, a director himself. He's a, a very talented man, but he's, he's shown that like his evolution in the entire film is very, um, creepy he's a creepy man he's a couple like, a couple of reviews of artemis felt would think otherwise tom <laughs> well yeah oh, fine <laughs> fine no no enough. man but he yeah no, no the fact that he can actually direct that level that scale of film yeah maybe sometimes well sometimes not but doing that and acting it is is pretty amazing there's very few people who can pull that one off right you, do, you, you don't um, you don't you don't become a, a professional director by being you know you have to have quite certain qualities yeah. so you know and then the end product of a film is very dependent on a large amount of people yeah. on that team so sometimes your vision is not what it should have been what it could have been um moving on anything else you want to give a uh, thumbs up or plus or like mm, I, I, I think we're gonna move into plot uh just <laughs> a little, 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 little plot action I don't know that I, I'll say one thing. I, I don't know that I, I, I doubled down on it quite enough when we talked about it. Uh, he did crash a 747 into the back of a building. <laughs> that was pretty insane. And there was no special effect. I, I was looking for the edges on that one, man. Yes. I was like, I bet you that they moved the plane into an open hangar and the, the destruction is special effects. And I kept looking, I'm like, that no. looks legit. No, they they built this. So the, that part of the building, you can kind yeah. of see where the, where the, so they added on, it is actually shot at an airport. They added on that big like foyer area that it actually crashes into yeah. and smushes. That's the piece that they built, but they just built it and then crashed a real 747 that they bought in, into it. It's just stunning. Uh, actually, the the one the one the one bit of interaction between two, two characters that actually did make me laugh out loud was the bit before that when um, Robert Pattinson explained what the plan is. Like, you want to crash your what? Yeah. Like, yeah, just crash. No, no, it's slightly more dramatic than that. Don't be so dramatic. Just, just fine. <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting. So, that and then Himesh Patel, right? We didn't talk much about him either, but his yeah. his performance. He's just like what i uh, you know uh what does he say he says uh you know grand i'm okay with i thought you were gonna say nuts <laughs> yeah, yeah. So good. he's 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 very good and he has such a small role but he makes so much out of the role man because oh, yeah. he doesn't get lost here but he out of all the supporting actors i, I he was my favorite by a mile absolutely yeah. everybody's so cool in this film so yeah anyway that's true that's true uh, well, actually you know what that it's funny you say that you say everybody's very cool that's actually something that will lead me into something i didn't like from the film mm. which has to do with oh, wait, being wait. cool yes yes sir can we do my bond deconstruction moment of the plot yeah but i mean this is something you like you want to talk about the plot <laughs> well, so let's go <laughs> did you like it or did you not like it Oh, I really liked it. Okay, oh, so yeah. Still... <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of, but I, I can whiz through these, right? So it's no, like, okay. Well, my whole... the, in that case, in that case, the floor is open. Go. Yeah. The, 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 my big thing with this is like, 
I had heard for a while that, that that Christopher Nolan wanted to make a Bond movie, right? I mean, everybody's heard that, right? Like, for yeah. it's the same with Tarantino's wanted to make like a Star Trek movie for ages and ages, right? Um, only like Nolan found a way around it because the Broccoli's were never going to let him do this to Bond, right? It's like, but he, I think he did one of the most faithful adaptations of Bond that we've had in the last couple of years. That that's mm. my thing. It's like. I liked the Daniel Craig movies. I'll put my hand up. I absolutely like them uh, because I thought that it gave the Bond like a fair like emotional core. But then when you look yeah. at the Bond movies as a structure, they don't need an emotional core. They just need to be cool. That's all they need to do. And a couple of things that need to be there, right? So what? It's like Bond has no motivations. And this is kind of <laughs> circling back to something that we talked about earlier that I want to come back to, which is at some point, Sater says to the protagonist, he says, your faith is blind. You're a fanatic. That is what Bond is. Bond is a fanatic. He does it for the thrill of it. He does it because it's there to be done. There's no underlying motivation to it. That in any other franchise that equals sloppy writing, but in the Bond franchise, it just works. And if you lead into that, it's good because the problem now with Daniel Craig is where do you take Bond? Like he lost Vesper, like all these other things are happening to him. Like he's like, they've taken away everybody from him. And they're like, I guess there's no story left. Let's just start again. And then, and then, and then I'll say it again, cast Idris Elba, you cowards. That will be my next spot. Haven't said that. Uh, The villain is a stereotype. He's a walking stereotype at every quarter. Um, And, and the, and the, the Mm -hmm. stakes are basically vague. To, to our point earlier, or his conversation, like it's kind of like it's his own hubris. That's it. He's a bad guy, right? Um, yeah. But where I say, where I think this this turn take an interesting turn that, that the Bond movies have had a problem with is the Bond girl, right? So we didn't talk about Elizabeth the Becky. We didn't talk about Cat, but she is the Bond girl in this movie in, in a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And she, well, Nolan is not great at writing women. Uh, let's let's put that out there. Um, but because. In this movie, I feel she has at least a bit more agency that gets given to her in that final moment with Brandon, right? Mm. Like she gets to take back the things she wanted because she wanted her son, but more importantly, she's like, you're not gonna win because you saw me flinch when you when you when you gave me the ultimatum, right? So it's like the fact that she can like they set that up. That's like as much of an arc as we get. It's like they set that up early and then like close on it at the end. I'm like, amazing, great. That like even if the Bond boys can just like slightly move in that direction with the with the Bond girls. And now that Phoebe Waller-Bridge is, is, is part screenwriting the next one, I hope that comes in. Yeah. Um, and, then, uh, and then the last thing I'll, I'll say is like, um, that in the same way, like Bond movies don't need to over-explain, I think that this doesn't over-explain either. Even though there are moments that there's a lot of explanation happening, but if you compare this to Inception, Inception explains a lot, which is necessary for that movie, I think. I, I still appreciate that. But in this movie, I think they don't do too much explaining and that they let you fill in the blanks, which is a lot of happens in Bond movies. It's like, they don't explain to you like they're like, like how a car jumps into the water becomes a submarine, right? It's like that, that doesn't get explained ever, but it's so cool. So that's my Bond rant. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, all right, cool. But, uh, there's just a couple of things that we'll, we'll have to disagree, but we'll get to that one in the things we don't Yeah, like, let's but, jump then. Uh, that's a world-class pivot, Tom. No, let's go. Let, no, in that case, let's go into things we didn't like. Um, <laughs> should I kick this one off? Um, yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Uh, so, do I want to go with the technical bit first, or do I want to go with literally pivoting on what you just said? Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll go with what you just said. Um, so, in the things, the one thing that they really, I think I need to go do the whole spiel, otherwise, it won't make much sense. So, 
apart from the audio issue, which is something that Nolan does, um, please refer to any, every single Batman movie he's done. I call it the Bane curse, which is literally um, imagine going on set and everybody's wearing a mask and you're like, what the hell has he just said? Um, please also note, I'm, I'm digressing, that they've had to um, re-record the audio for Pain uh, in Batman because people were like, huh? So when the Blu-ray came out, they actually re-recorded the audio for Bane. Um, so that's one thing. So that happens also in there, in, in Tenet, where the audio for me got in the way. So my first viewing of the film, uh, I went in with no subtitles, obviously being French. Uh, there are a lot of things like sometimes I'm like, what did, what? What did you say? And I got in the way. Um, and I was like, okay, sure, but I'm not sure. It got in the way in, in, in terms of storyline. I was like, I wasn't sure what's going on. And then I got to the end of the film. I was like, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what the, the whole thing was about. Um, watched it the second time around, subtitles, and I went, okay, cool. Now I understand what's going on. Um, I was like, okay, it, now it, it sort of makes sense to me in a weird uh, Nolan way. That I, can, I can sort of understand what the storyline is about. But, and that's where we get to your point, JC, which was like, they don't need to explain. Um, I had an issue with the pacing. The, the pacing of the film, to me, got in the way to, to trying to understand, because the concept of, um, of inversion, the concept of entropy, they're quite big topics. They're very complicated things to understand. And that's why in the film, there's a couple of lines where um, um, the, the protagonist meets with the scientist, the first meeting is like, don't try and understand it. Um, you have to, is it, you have to feel it. Is that what, you said, what she said? Like, yeah. um, you have to feel it. Don't try and understand it. And I think that line was put in there on purpose. It was like, you guys don't try and understand what I'm going on about. Just, just, just look at the explosions. Go for it. Um, so, and the pacing of the film was a bit over the top. It was like, you go from one scene to another and you just go bang, bang, bang. And again, I'm repeating myself. It's like, they're all very high concepts. Uh, all the ideas yeah. and everything that is being brought to you they're not things that you can digest in like i know what you mean entropy <laughs> of course i know what entropy is no it's something you have to you have to go like okay let's if you're at home you can pause it and go go on wikipedia real quick and go entropy and then try to make sense out of that you like your your your, your head will explode anyway but that said if it felt like he was like First scene, next scene, let's go, let's go, let's move. We don't have time. Like, I want to get this under three hours. I don't got time for this. Like, you guys move. <laughs> and I was like, can we please just like let it breathe a little bit? Like, so you, you mentioned Inception. Inception is a lot slower in pace and there's a lot of breathing yeah. room between each scene. It's like this little music, there's a little bit of thing, there's a setup. And then, which, and that takes me to my next things, my next point, which is um, the way the script was written, the way the, the actual lines that are given to the actors the way they delivered was felt to me a bit off in a way that there's like no one in the world has those conversations like the way they have in it and the way they 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 deliver oh, yeah. those conversations right you know when they went for example the protagonist is walking around with uh was it what's her name priya i think is the uh priya yeah priya. and it's like it's like and you know the type of conversation is like We'll go into the future, but the future is nothing without the past. What do you think? And it's and not even that. It's like, and it's like, and 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 I'm like, can you guys have a normal conversation like that? You know, like in real life, it's like, yeah. So, um, you know, like inversion entropy and all that stuff. Um, have you got like, do you, do you want a coffee? Yeah, cool. Like, there's not no scenes like that is relatable in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's all very like, almost like in an anime. Do you know, like in anime when they talk to each other it's like i'm gonna save the world and it's like they go into this massive almost 
big speeches when you go like, whoa, no one speaks like that. Calm yourself down, you know. And again, going back to what JC was saying, or you guys were saying, it's like, oh, this movie is cool. Everything's cool. It's like, it's almost like they are aware that it's a cool movie. And it's almost like, look how cool it is. Look how cool we are. Uh, so everything you actually like, also, it's I felt it was almost pushed to an extreme. It's like, oh damn, we look good. Look, you see how well spoken. <laughs> listen, 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 listen. Like, can you see how well spoken I am? Like, do you, do you, can you understand what I'm saying? No. <laughs> Next, it's like it's like, come on, like just take two seconds to to let us try and understand. Like, and 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 again to my point, it's like the protagonist he understands everything the first time around. It's like. So um, it's bad. does that make sense? Is that yeah, sure? Next, <laughs> it's like, okay, okay. I understood everything you had to say about a very extremely high-end philosophical discussion we just had walking down the street. So, in a way, in a way, it's cool. It's really, really cool because it's nice to have a film like that that doesn't try to hold your hands. But also, on the other hand, I think that's pushed to the extreme in in, in a certain way, and it's like. You guys chill. <laughs> you guys have to chill. You guys have to give us time to process, like process information, and maybe make it. A, I'm not saying that you have to dumb everything down, right? I'm not saying that you you've got to make it so this guy is going that way in time, the other guy is going that way. <laughs> like I'm not saying that. I'm saying like like if and if they touch each other, if they see each other, the end, explosion, boom. Right? I'm not saying like, don't, don't don't make it. Don't 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 go. Um, what's his face? <laughs> um, the other director, Transformers director. I keep forgetting his name. Explosion. Uh, Michael, Michael Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Don't do Michael Bay on us, but like at least at least try. You know, keep, keep it high end, but at least go go with <laughs> go go and give us something that's slightly a little touch, a little bit more digestible. That's it. I'm done. You guys can talk. <laughs> We should take a break there because uh, we got four minutes left on the recording. Jesus, and I can recover. Uh, I will press and You were holding that in, buddy. Damn. I mean, don't go full Michael Bay on me, but like a little bit, guy. <laughs> all right for the, everyone who's listening all i right. will break it up right here all and right. i will will come back when we stop crying so uh it sounds like tom had some stuff bottled up about this movie <laughs> and i issues. would say I, I i have heard of people dunking on movies but when you invoked michael bay you mm. broke the backboard dude i'm not dunking on the movie i, I actually liked it Funny enough. <laughs> but now the the bar has set, been set high for dunking mm. tim over to you sir <laughs> would you like to come in over the michael bay bar or below the michael bay bar <laughs> i think i'm gonna go below the michael bay bar I, I have i have two two sort of qualms with the movie uh one is structural so that kind of fits in this episode and then the other one is kind of more geeky and nerdy and so maybe that starts to get into the second part know, two. episode Keep it part so two. We'll yeah. kind of yeah. tee that up yeah. Keep that sweet content uh, for so, us. So, yeah, and, and so uh, the the first one is is really that uh, it's overstuffed. I mean, you know, I've heard it described like I think it was on like you said, uh, JC, on the Black Check podcast where they said it feels like a five hour movie that's had all of the all of the fat trimmed out, uh, yeah. and so it, there's too much in it. Um, 
you know, you have this incredibly complicated idea of having characters act in a way where cause and effect seems reversed um, with forward going characters. So, you know, you have reverse characters and, and forward characters. And that's, that, that requires a lot of thought to be able to piece together to understand what is happening on screen. Uh, and then there, it's also a breathless Bond movie. Like it's one of the fastest yeah. Bond movies that yes. you've I've ever seen, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it probably is. I, I, I'm fairly comfortable saying that I've never seen a Bond movie that's got this much action um, and this little, just like space to kind of, you know, catch your breath. Um, you know, and you know, the budget, the budget for the film kind of backs that up too, right? It's super expensive. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, uh, and then the second piece, you know, the second complaint is that like, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll lean into the nerdiness. I, I sort of hesitate, mm -hmm. but I think this is exactly the podcast to get into it. Um, uh, the rules, the rules don't all the way make sense. So we'll talk mm -hmm. about that in the next one. But like, if you're going to do this and there are ways to do it, uh, you, you didn't quite get all your explanations out on screen. So we, the yeah. audience has to guess or, or bring things to the table where you're like, well, it's probably this way. Cause that seems the, that's the most parsimonious way of making, making this, the film coherent. And you like, as a nerd who likes an action film, like I want it to be coherent. I want the rules to make sense. Um, and yeah. so that's all I'll say in part one. Oh, wow. All right, so, so taking us out then, Tom, uh, shall we wrap this one up to get ready <laughs> yeah. for, for number two? Uh, is, yeah, it, take, us to, take us to the hypocenter, sir. The <laughs> We're splinter cell. Let's, yeah. let's go down the tunnel. Oh, God. <laughs> wow, that's that high expectations for my, uh, my outro. Um, anyway, look, look we'll, we'll, we'll stop here right here. We'll, uh, we'll jump into part two. Um, thanks, guys, for... <laughs> for this very entertaining part one um what's part two again we're doing we're doing the theories and questions that this this would be enjoyable we will we're yeah. not going to laugh in that one we will take it seriously there's not going to be any fun funny business at all okay we'll very serious absolutely cool. we lean into tim's knowledge as a google man <laughs> So we, we I use questions. Google very well. Yes. <laughs> Do you guys use Google at work? Oh yeah. Oh, it's so funny. It's like no, we are being just like all the bad yeah, settings. <laughs> yeah, the entertaining thing is that uh, is that the internal search is is as bad as all internal company searches are. So no. the external product is excellent. The internal search is like it's it's okay. <laughs> oh, maybe we should have a podcast about the life of a uh, Google. Shouldn't oh. throw shade at the search team. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Thank you very much. It works great. I know it's a hard it's a hard problem. Yeah, they, it, they contribute a couple of bucks to the whole organization occasionally. No, no. External search, right, is like because it's driven by all that ads revenue. There's a lot of impetus to have yeah. that be a very high quality product. Inside, you have none of that impetus other than it's like it should work a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, incentives um, are not aligned the same way. <laughs> my my last totally um, serious question about Google is it really like the inter that movie The Internship? Is this uh, what life I've is like? I've never seen it, so I can't comment. <laughs> like, I thought that you guys they, they would make you watch it, it like the rent a cinema or something, and just like let's go watch The Internship. Anyway, you're, oh, you're, you're going to watch it now. You want to watch that? It's it's a giant ad. I haven't watched it. It's oh, just really? one massive, an hour and a half long advertisement for Google. It's actually, it's funny in, in parts, but you know, 
you'll no, we're not, we're not, we're not going to go in there. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening to part one of our tenant special. Uh, we'll be seeing you all in uh, part two. Uh, again, thanks everyone who's been watching, listening, subscribing, sharing, liking. Uh, if you've not subscribed just yet, either on YouTube or whatever um, listening platform you, you're catching us on, uh, please do so and leave us a review because reviews are important. Hey, on Google, especially on Google, it matters. Give us five stars because... Uh, Yes, you know, we deserve it. I think. Um, if you've been entertained, please do like and share and talk about our podcast to your mom, your partner, your wife, your dog, your son, whoever is around in the you know next to you. It's yeah. been part it's one a, of Tenet Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. And, if, and if you're you're tuning out now, uh, just say uh, thank you to Tim for joining us on this yeah. podcast, and thank you to Tom for doing all that he does behind the scenes to make this a wonderful place to talk to people. To talk about that. Right, we'll see you all in part two. Thank you for listening to part one, and we'll uh, we'll jump right off and we'll say, hey, part two is next. Thank you for everyone for listening. Bye. Posterity. Posterity.